Blog Talk Radio. First off, let me apologize for any technical issues we might have this evening. I just pressed the button twice and did not hear anything come through the speakers. So we'll see how that goes. Hello and welcome to the April 4th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 157 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Mike Molly and myself will be trying something a little bit different, splitting the show into two different segments. Our first segment will be focusing on the Palm Beaches, and the second half dealing more with motorsports. We hope to do this sort of segment once a month. Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from... Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from Larson Motorsports, Jet Dragster Driver in the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from Larson Motorsports, Jet Dragster Driver in the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. So let's give it another shot. Hello and welcome to the April 4th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 157, in case you didn't hear me a second ago. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Lally and myself will be trying something a bit different, splitting the show into segments. Our first segment focusing on the Palm Beaches, and the second half dealing more with motorsports. We hope to do this sort of segment once a month. Recently, the Harris Brothers of Storage Wars fame came to town to take part in the Chris Everett Foundation Tennis Tournament. Not only are they identical twins, they have a very unique visual style. In the Harris Brothers' first Storage Wars appearance, they helped cast member Barry Weiss appraise a revenge of the Jedi jacket that was among the auction contents of a storage unit. The brothers specialize in appraising Hollywood memorabilia. In the new show, the identical twins take viewers on journeys in search of people, places, and things that generate the wow factor. The identical twin brothers had a recurring role in season four, Oysters on the Half Plate, The Shrining, The French Job, There's No Place Like Homeland, Total Wine Domination. Mark and Matt are also well-known in the entertainment industry. They own Wow Creations, a company which specializes in creating VIP gift bags filled with high-end consumer products for award shows, film festivals, beauty pageants, sporting events, charities, and parties. (laughs) 
We're looking forward to welcoming them to the program in roughly five minutes. Right now, we're going to go ahead and see if we can find one of their clips. We can share with you. Stand by. Well, we're standing by for the Harris Brothers to call in. Let's go ahead and listen to Speedway Lady from Ron Pastana and the Pickle. Thank you. 
everybody, this is Tristan Nunez, driver of the 7-0 Skyactiv Mazda prototype, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hey there, once again we're standing by for the Harris Brothers of Storage Wars fame, owners of WoW Creations, to come on the program this evening. They're slated to be on any moment now, and we are hoping that it'll be a good interview and all of our gremlins are worked out of the system. We are trying something a little bit different this evening, as I stated in the intro. Hopefully you heard me. And uh, we're looking forward to a, a good program this evening. We're now probably very happy to welcome the Harris Brothers into the Thunderdome for tonight's program. Hello. Hello, Adam. Oh, How are you doing this evening? We're doing well. First off, doing pretty well. <laughs> First off, thank you very much very good, for coming very- on the program this evening. Oh, absolutely. Well, Thanks for having well, us. Well, no, uh, how do you get involved in storage lockers? That's where a lot of my listeners and a lot of the country probably know you from. How do you get involved in that to begin with? Mark? Well, we were at the right place at the right time, I guess. We, we were judging a beauty pageant for Miss California, USA, in Palm Springs. And uh, one of our fellow judges was uh, one of the producers of Storage Wars. And uh, he asked us if we'd ever heard of the show and if we wanted to come on board. And we had never heard of the show, but we thought it'd be interesting. Uh, so, so to make a long story short, that's how we got on the show. They invited us to come on to do uh, to be uh, appraisers on the appraisers, uh, very yeah. wise episode with the Star Wars jacket. We appraised the jacket. The producers loved the show. The next day they called us and asked us if we wanted to come back and be bidders. So that's how we got into the storage locker business. And what's your favorite yeah. episode of the show so far? Uh, probably the one we did, our, our second one, our, our first one when we were bidders, the kook, the chief, and the uh, brothers. So our, our first episode that we were in. Right. Took place out in Malibu at a, uh, at a winery, I believe. Right, Mark? Oh, correct. Yeah. And I know you've come down here recently for the, uh, the Chris Everett event. You've been, done a, a few other events in Palm Beach. Can you tell us a little bit more about your um, what the sort of work Matt, why don't you take that you do one? down here in South yeah. Florida? You know, uh, we we kind of we kind of fill into the storage unit thing because believe it or not, even though people think that's what we do, that's not what we do. What we do is public relations, brand integration, celebrity gift bags for charity events and celebrity events and so forth. So 
Chris Everett, the charity, which has been around for, I think, 20 or 25 years, reached out to us for uh, to provide gift bags to other celebrities attending their events. So uh, we were just there, I believe it was November or December uh, in 2018. That was our seventh, uh, seventh year in a row that we're down there. And whenever we get down there, we indulge and take uh, advantage of all the fun stuff, whether it's South Beach or whether it's going to Palm Beach, which we, we thoroughly enjoy. Uh, we love Worth Avenue. We love the Breakers. And we uh, what's not to love about uh Palm Beach, but uh, whenever we get down there, we make sure that we try to spend a day or close to a day up there, whether it's for camping, brunch, shopping. Believe it or not, we we brag the gambit. We go from Worth Avenue to the Breakers, and we even like to take in the dog races. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we love... uh, Palm Beach and everything everything uh, South Florida from from south to north. We like it all. Yep. This next weekend is the Barrett Jackson Palm Beach auction out of the uh, South Florida Fairgrounds. You ever been out to that event? We have not. Um, uh, we have thought uh, by this point in time we might get an invitation to attend. We have not. However, an invitation does come. We will be out there without a doubt. Busy schedule, uh, and awesome. you know. It being all the way on the other end of the, the coast, you know, we got to make it worth our while. We like to bundle events. And if, like, if we're there for a charity event, we'd like to go to another event or what have you. So uh, for us to make that trip, it's got to be uh, really, uh, really worth the trip. Well, I'd like to toss it out to my co-host, Michael Mullally, and Afraid of Washington, who has a couple of questions for you as well. Right hey, on. Michael. What's going on? Okay. How are you guys? Fantastic. We're doing- Wonderful. Another wonderful Southern California day. So my first question for you is what is the most memorable unit you guys have come across? The most memorable unit? Probably our first one, Matt, I would think, the one where we got the uh, we found the olive press. And, again, most memorable because it was our first our first venture. Yeah, and we came across this thing, whether it was worth a lot of money, whatever, it was an interesting piece. I thought we, it looked like it was originally something out of Dr. Frankenstein's office, and it baffled us. We couldn't figure out what it was. So we didn't see a mattress. We didn't find a comic book. We didn't find a Rolex watch. But we found this interesting-looking thing. The right mark, it looked like it was like out of Dr. Frankenstein's office or something. Well, it was and, his uh, laboratory, yeah. Yeah, his laboratory. <laughs> uh, uh, so that was probably – it was our first, it was our first uh, uh, unit – and it was it turned out to be an olive press that it used to crush olives. And Nothing exciting. But interesting. That does sound interesting. Um, so you guys participate in several events. So which of the events are which events do you guys most enjoy? Anything Hollywood related with celebrities. Uh, we love going to the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, the Kentucky Derby, the Emmys. Uh, we, I mean, anything, yeah. Any, anything that's celebrity-related, for sure. Um, probably, I, I would say probably the Kentucky Derby is, is my favorite because the Emmys is yeah. right here in our backyard. We go every year, but the Kentucky Derby is, you know, right. of course, out in Louisville. We have to travel. It's a week weekend-long thing where the Emmys is just, you know, a one-day thing. It's three or four days of, of parties and right. uh, appearances and red carpets. So I would have to say after all these years, our favorite thing, as much as we like going through anything, um, yeah. celebrity-related, red yeah. carpet, what have you, the Kentucky Derby is number one. Yep. And were you guys surprised when the producers brought you on to Storage Wars to be um, bidders? 
We were very surprised. <laughs> because that's not what we do. Yeah, like like you said earlier, it's not what we do. We're in, in public relations and brand integration, and they thought that we would fit into an episode. And we even told the producers that, and they said, it doesn't matter. This is reality TV. We'll make it work. And when they brought us on as appraisers to appraise the Star Wars jacket, we immediately said, we know nothing about this jacket. We know nothing about appraising. But they just pretty much just said, wing it. So we winged it, and like Mark said earlier, uh, the next day they they liked what they saw, so they said we're bringing you back as bidders. And then yeah. we, the same conversation persisted. We just said we, we don't. This isn't what we do. We don't bid. And they said it doesn't matter. It's reality TV. So bingo, bingo, bongo. There we go. In our career in Storage Wars began, yeah. and yeah. there we are. Here we are, yeah. getting invited to the carpet events, Kentucky Derbies, the Emmys, and God knows right place, what else. Right, right place, right time. Well, my final question for you guys, who is your favorite person to work with on um, Storage Wars? Barry White. I guess no-brainer. Yeah. Everybody's favorite was Barry. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people that were unhappy with a lot of a lot of other people, but without a doubt, Barry, yeah. he was, the, yeah, without a doubt, he was definitely the most fun, entertaining and, entertaining and energetic. Yeah. Great. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about what you guys do and, and what you're what you're involved in, where would they go to find out more information? Yeah. Uh, WowCreationsMedia.com or uh, Facebook, Facebook.com backslash WowCreations. Or Instagram, WowHollywood. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your, uh, your time this evening, and uh, we hope you have a great you- Great year and, and have lots of awesome Great. adventures. Thank you. Great. Well, so thank, you. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. You take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Once again, we we really thank the Harris brothers for coming on the program this evening. We've been trying to get them on for a couple of years now, so it's it's awesome to talk to them and and hear how their story goes. And if you want to check them out, be sure to check out. More information about wild creations. Now we're going to take a short musical break while we're transitioning to the second half of the program. We'll go ahead with Gentleman Champion from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew.
That was Gentleman Champion by Ron and the Pit Crew. Once again, we'd like to thank Mark and Matt Hickness from Storage Wars. Wow, Creations is their actual company they work on. And we'd like to thank them very much for coming on the program this evening. It was great talking to them, and they gave us a lot of insight into the behind-the-scenes action that takes place in Storage Wars. And it'll give us an idea of how to give us some ideas of how to watch the program in the future and see how see if we can figure out some of the movie magic they use in that show. Turning back to motorsports now, tire selection, turns of fortune, traffic, and treacherous weather all shape the Trans Am Series presented by Pirelli Round 2 in their plot-twisting two races in TA and Super GT class event at Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta on Sunday. The 40-lap race ran under green flag conditions from start to finish, with a race featuring, featuring variable track conditions, three TA class lead changes, and four different SGT class leaders, including one who established the 32nd margin on the field early in in the going, as the Road Atlanta played host to another dramatic chapter of Trans Am competition. But after a dynamic race, it was a pen ultimate lap overtake that saw Lawrence Loshak capture the PA class win, driving his number three Pennzoil slash Eleven slash Go Share Chevrolet Camaro to nearly a five second victory over his Burton Racing teammate Tommy Drissy. Drissy, who led the race for 13 laps, recovered from a late off-track excursion to take second. Three-time Road Atlanta winner Amy Ruman displayed her experience on the 2.54 12-turn road course and crafted an advantage as she waited to make her move for a podium finish. Chris Dyson and Simon Gregg rounded out the TA Top 5. Due to the intimate weather and variable track conditions, the opening TA slash SGT races started with a rolling style rolling single-file style start. Loshak started from pole and was immediately locked in a battle with 2018 Trans Am champion Ernie Francis Jr. The duel was called off after Francis was forced to pit lane to sort out a malfunctioning, malfunctioning tail-like before returning to action two laps down. With Francis pushed to the back of the field, the focus shifted to Loshak, Dreesey, and Dyson. Using lap traffic to his advantage, Tracy stole position from Loshak, pulling away with a 1.21 second advantage. Meanwhile, Dyson in third continued to set fast laps of the race, chopping away at Dreesey and Loshak's lead. Loshak paid back Dreesey, using the lap traffic and a rear bump to his advantage to make an inside pass, seizing the lead back from the number 8 X-Men Dark Phoenix Chevrolet Camaro with a broken axle. Dyson tried to hold onto third place, but just as the white flag dropped, he retired to the pit. Hanging behind Dyson, Boomin saw her chance to claim the last step on the podium. The SGT class, which features a wide range of entries, including several Porsche and 911 Cup cars, the Dodge Viper, and Ford Mustangs, found itself a significant advantage early in the race as the field made the most of the grip on offer from the rain specification Pirelli tires. But it was a choice of dry tires for fifth place, starting at Brian Kleeman, that saw him secure his first win in the SGT class. Fall Line Racing's Mark Bowden finished in the, the SGT round in second, and Lee Saunders wrapped up the SGT podium as a pair of Porsche 991 GT3 drivers Milton Grant and Tom Herb completed the top five. Bowden got an outstanding start to the race, moving the overall lead and creating a significant gap to the field with his Corelli rain tire selection. On lap 19, Aaron Pierce passed Bowden for not only first place in the SGT race, but for the overall lead. Bowden continued to charge the way, but as the track dried, his tires began to fall off, losing the momentum he built up in the rain. Bowden eventually pitted to change, pitted to change to Pirelli's split. The inside overtake on Drizzy 
Dreezy, for the TA lead, yielded Low Shack the cool shirt, cool move of the race. Carrie Hitt won the Masters Award in the TA class following a ninth place finish in the number 19 Advanced com- com- Composite Products Incorporated Cadillac CTSV. Milton Grant won the award in SGT, placing fourth in the number 55 Century Self Storage Slash Fairfield in Porsche 991 GT3 Cup. Well, we've got a few minutes until our next guest is scheduled to call in. So let's go ahead and listen to another selection from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. This is Great White North.
Once again, that was Ron Passan and the Pit Crew with Great White North. Find them by searching Ron Passan and the Pit Crew on your favorite browser. We're currently standing by for our next guest this evening, Lawrence Loshak, who's currently undefeated this season in the Trans Am Series with victories at Sebring and most recently at Road Atlanta. We're going to go ahead and, and stay in by for him. He should be calling in any moment. I don't know exactly what he's up to this evening. I know that they, they've got a couple of weeks off, and his PR people are currently at another racetrack. So we're going ahead and we get at the Barber Morsports parking track. So we go ahead and, uh, and stand by and see when he goes in this evening. It should be interesting to get his perspective on how the Trans Am Series is changing and how they're doing this year, and especially the fact that he's doing really, really well with his undefeated season. There's a couple other options of uh, items of note for this week. Um, the rumors have finally been proven true that Daryl Waltrip will be leaving his position with the uh, Fox Sports Group, effective at the end of their their racing season this summer. So, got a few more races with uh, Daryl in the booth. Um, it's definitely a change in the in motorsports to have Daryl Waltrip step away, but, but he's been out of the car for for a long time now, and his perspective is a little bit different. Um, his style is not exactly the best for, for what NASCAR seems to be going towards, and it's uh, it's about time for him to move on. It'll be interesting to see who they actually choose to replace him. I know they've got uh, Jeff Gordon up in the booth with him now, and, and Mike Joy is sitting there, and Mike Joy and Daryl Waltrip tend to bounce off each other rather well, so I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Joy moved on as well, but that's a totally different discussion. So I think that uh, it'll be kind of Kind of weird not to have Daryl Waltrip up on the booth there, but that would probably be good for the sport. Oh. What do you think about the fact that Daryl Waltrip won't be broadcasting for NASCAR anymore after the end of this year? Um, I mean, I agree with you that it's weird, but I honestly think that it's kind of time for a change and time for someone new, like, I mean, I like him, and I like his personality, but I would kind of like to see some new people up there. I know that the, uh, in the Xfinity series, I've been having a lot of a lot of experimentation there with uh, Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski. So I know they both both of those guys are currently active in the in the Cup series, and they they have several more good years left in them. But I think it'd be, it'd be cool to have him bring in someone like that, someone who's a, a little bit more recent uh, driver in the in the series. I'm not sure who they'd go for, though. Um, there's a, a wide variety of people who are out there. Uh, they recently picked up uh, uh, Ricky Craven. But I don't know how quick he is in the booth, and I don't know how, how he'd be able to, to move um, to change the, uh, the thought process there quickly enough. Um, they also have Bobby Labonte. Bobby Labonte would be an interesting choice, but I'm not sure... Not sure how that would work either. I'm sure they have an idea. I'm sure that there are going to be some major changes in the Fox Sports, sports uh, booth for next season. And it'll be cool to see how they are. So what's the next major more sports event you'll be attending out there? Well... This weekend, we were going to go to Seattle for Honda Fest, which is put on by Northwest Motive, and they've been doing it for a really long time. 
this would have been my third Honda Fest in a row, and it's just a bunch of Hondas and Acuras. You can't bring anything else in the gate. It's got to be a Honda or an Acura. And they open the road course, and they drag race. But seeing as how it's raining in Seattle, um, Friday to Tuesday, I think, we're kind of not going to even bother to go three hours just to step in puddles and sit in the rain. So that was going to be our next event that we were going to go to, but due to the rain, it would kind of just be a waste of time to travel that far. So I'm not sure after this, but, yeah, I was really looking forward to that, but I'm not a fan of the rain. Well, pretty much in Seattle, at least this time of year, it seems like it rains a lot. Um, so I think you're really lucky that you can you got to experience the Supercross without the without the liquid sunshine falling there. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, they had the right idea because so last year Supercross and Honda Fest were the same weekend and they were both miserable. So I think Honda Fest mm-hmm. should have took the approach that Supercross took and just followed them with moving the event to, what was it, April? No, February? No, March. March. And I think it would have been, well, would be a bigger hit for everybody, especially for them, but they said that they've always had it in April, so they didn't want to move the event, which I think is kind of stupid, but... Still learn, I guess. Mm-hmm. Any word on the? Uh, I know that your the uh, Freight Speedway there supposedly had their their meeting a few weeks ago. Any word on on changes out there? So they were supposed to have the meeting, but our winter started really late for whatever reason, and they rescheduled the meeting. They haven't released a date yet, so I'm not really sure what the word is on it or if there, I mean, really is a word at this point, but I know that they didn't follow through with the meeting that they were supposed to hold because we had the giant snowstorm and everybody was getting snowed in, so they were going to reschedule the meeting, but as for that, I haven't heard anything past that, so I don't know if it was a fluke or what, but... There's still hope, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the weather. I know I, I got a uh, a update from Yakima Speedway saying that they were they were postponing their event. They were supposed to have this weekend as well because the weather there isn't going to be very good either. So apparently you've got some some beautiful weather out in the Pacific Northwest this weekend. Yeah, well, in that race it's um the apple cup and i think it's the 52nd apple cup i don't know they're getting up there but yeah they released a statement saying that they were going to reschedule the races for may because the weather isn't looking too great which it's really not and i know a lot of people were mad about that but realistically it's saving a lot of people money not traveling all the way down there if they think there's a chance it's going to get rained out. But I guess you can't please everybody. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. I don't know. I know that uh, that here, a lot of the races that they have here, aside from the, the drag race, 
um, are, are pretty much a rain or shine type thing. Um, they prefer it not to be raining. And at the, the Rolex 24, there was way too much rain and ended up actually being like a Rolex 22 or maybe even Rolex 21 and a half because of all the rain. They ended up actually having to red flag the event. So Mother Nature isn't a race fan this year, apparently. And it's, uh, it's kind of uh, putting a dent into a lot of different races. So hopefully it gets better. Never know. Yeah, I hope it does, but Mother Nature has a mind of its own, so I'm not going to hold my breath. Our next guest this evening, as I mentioned a minute ago, is Lawrence Loshak. He's currently on the on the line. This past weekend, he drove his first race in the rain in a TA car, speaking of Mother Nature, passing his teammate on the final lap. He leads the point race for Burton Racing in the Trans Am Series, and we're proud to welcome him onto the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? Hey, thanks. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor. First off, congratulations on your undefeated season so far. Can you tell us a little bit more about the your last event at Road Atlanta? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Road Atlanta was intense. I mean, uh, the Trans Am Series, the TA1 cars currently, we're pushing close to 900 horsepower. Uh, you know, big slicks in the back and... You know, great weekend all weekend. It was nice and sunny. Well, Sunday morning, uh, it starts raining, raining hard, and it never gets over really 48 degrees. And to make matters even harder, it stops raining about uh, an hour before green flag. And we only have two choices in terms of tires. We have full wets or full dries. And, you know, if... uh, it's not raining. You can't make those rain tires last 100 miles on these cars. So we were forced to start on dry slicks. So it was uh, quite a intense race, um, having the whole field starting with dries. Uh, little do we know the Super GT class, the Viper, the Porsches, the Mustangs, they started on rain tires. And uh, that's how treacherous the actual conditions were. Uh, in the beginning of the race, those cars took over the lead when we're actually leading overall. Um, mm. at for the the first opening laps were definitely intense. Uh, we did have the lead. Uh, slowly, Ernie Francis, the defending champion, uh, caught up to me. And I don't have a lot of experience in these cars in the rain. Uh, so I decided, you know, to be smart, let him go in front. Let him show me around, uh, see what these things can do in the rain, and buy myself some time. I knew it was a 100-mile race. had to be smart. And eventually I saw I could go a little quicker. Uh, I retook the lead. And then uh, shortly thereafter, my teammate, uh, the Burton Racing, both gold uh, cars have been strong all season, and he caught up to me. So uh, – same deal. Tommy Dreesy is a defending Trans Am champion. He has uh, decades of experience in these cars and in this series. Uh, it didn't make sense to to really battle at the time. It wasn't even halfway through the race, so I let uh, Tommy take the lead. Uh, he worked his way through. Uh, and just together, we basically were just uh, trying to figure out the conditions as the track was drying. I mean, that's the art of... Uh, Racing in the rain, right? Looking for grip, right? So, uh, you know, Tommy was driving an incredible race. And here I am behind my teammate trying to figure out how to get around him cleanly. 
So it was uh, it was intense. We had quite the battle. Um, there's times that I would get a run, times he would get a run. I was good on this side of the track. He was good on that side of the track. And uh, again, Trans Am, uh, incredible series. But uh, in our uh, in our group, it's mixed class racing. So we got the Super GT cars out there that I previously mentioned were leading on rains. Well, now the track's drying, and uh, we're catching them uh, on rain tires, and they're holding on for dear life. So traffic definitely mm-hmm. played a huge role. Uh, I was able to squeak by my teammate, regain the lead, and uh, finish it to the end. So it, it was quite quite an intense battle. Great weekend. And what's the next event on the Trans Am schedule? The next event, the Trans Am series, is back to Laguna Seca. So the first weekend of May, uh, Trans Am and the SVRA will be uh, at Laguna Seca. What's your favorite thing about being a Trans Am driver? <laughs> you know, once you drive one of these Trans Am cars, uh, again, with <laughs> almost 900 horsepower and the big tires, and you know, nothing gets bigger uh, in terms of power or brakes or, um, you know, no traction control, no ABS. <laughs> what do I love the most about Trans Am is driving one of these incredible cars. Uh, now, unfortunately, now everything else looks bland. <laughs> Growing up, who was your racing idol? Well, I mean, I always wanted to drive open wheel. Uh, there's no question Senna is definitely one of uh, always my idol. Um, but what brought me to Trans Am uh, you know, I, I club raced for many years and I uh, was fortunate to win a few championships, but no matter what class I was driving in, uh, you know, you and the crew always drop what you're doing and drop your tools and run to the fence to watch the GT1 cars. And I fondly remember watching Tommy Kendall in the rain at Road America. I'll never forget that. So to be driving in Trans Am is definitely a dream come true and uh, absolutely an honor. And what are your goals for this season? <laughs> my goal, my goal is to win the championship, uh, championship and leave a legacy. You know, uh, who knows if I can? I'd love to uh, match or beat Tommy Kennel's win streak. Mm-hmm. But for right well, now, let me go ahead and throw you out my goals. Race by race. Yeah. That's awesome. And let me go ahead and throw you out to my co-host, and she has a few questions for you as well. Sure. Okay, so my first question for you, if you could describe your season right now in one word, what would that word be? (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Um, And so where do you think five years from now motorsports as a whole will be? You know, there's a lot of things that are happening in motorsports. Um, There's definitely varying opinions. Um, You know, there's grandstands being taken down to big famous tracks and uh, and series that used to lead motorsports, or that still do, but are they shrinking? Seems to me that road racing is uh, uh, on its way back. Um, Costs 
bikes have become a serious problem in all of motorsports. Um, besides obvious rising costs of just cost of living, but uh, in motorsports and advertising space and TV and even social media, the costs have just gotten astronomical. And it's really hard for drivers today to to drive, let alone uh, teams to pay mechanics and engineers as these cars become more and more complex. I also see, uh, you know, the simulator world, um, iRacing. Um, that's, I think that's a great thing. I think it's uh, a wonderful way to a lot of people who um, never otherwise would have a budget or the means to actually drive a car and can showcase their talents and maybe bring out some names and people that never otherwise would ever be in motorsports. Um, it's great as a practice tool. But on the other side, it's also very scary because it really might, and I think it will, uh, hurt amateur racing uh, and racetracks because, you know, you think as a parent, their fear of putting their kid into a race car is, God forbid, they might get hurt or all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum where dads might put a mortgage on their house to buy the first race car. And if it gets totaled in the first race or first season, you know, that could be the end right there compared to the cost of buying a simulator. You know, these uh, kids and adults can get endless hours of track time. Um, we saw this year the pole sitter at Daytona. Um, four years ago, he never set foot in a car. So it's really, it's interesting. I don't know uh, what direction racing is going to go. Um, obviously, high-definition TV is also impacting uh, filling seats at tracks and all the way to, you know, even ball sports. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know is uh, I have a passion for it, something that I love, and I think a lot of drivers will say the same thing. You know, you just uh, half of racing is persistence. You just keep pushing forward. And what advice would you give someone looking to get into the sport? The first advice I usually give people when they're first thinking about getting into road racing or any type of racing is first investigate and figure out what class you can afford to win in. I think a lot of people make their first mistake of trying to build their first race car of something that they really love a particular model or a particular class or something like that, and then just don't have the budget to run up front. And in racing, um, that opportunity to drive might be small or <clears throat> you have to be winning. you got to be winning. So, I mean, practice and winning, persistence, and be prepared to, uh, per- you know, to persevere. There's a lot of struggles in racing, that's for sure. And my final question for you, who is your toughest competitor in the Trans Am Series? <laughs> you know, obviously my competitors, my teammates, uh, in basically an identical car, Tommy Dreesey, then I have the defending champion, Ernie Francis Jr., and I got Chris Dyson in there, 
Uh, I have Amy Ruman, the two-time champion in the field. I mean, in terms of drivers and teams, it, it go, you know, it's pretty extensive. But I'd have to say it goes back to what I previously mentioned. My biggest competitor uh, <laughs> is finding the support to keep it going. You know, uh, other than that, myself. That's it. That's an awesome perspective, and I think that that's probably the same perspective that a lot of a lot of great drivers have as well. Is the fact that if you if you can't if you can't beat yourself out there, then you're not going to you're not going to be any good at all. If you can't realize that you're you're the most important driver on the in the track, then then there's something wrong with absolutely with the way you absolutely. You got to be your worst critic. I mean, I'm always trying to beat myself, right? It's all about being consistent and pushing yourself. You know, without without the driver, the car just sits there. <laughs> well, if my listeners were interested in learning more information about, about yourself and your team, where would they go to find that information? Well, today on social media, of course, is Low Shack Racing on Facebook and on Instagram and Burton Racing on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Well, good luck for the rest of the season. Hopefully you continue your, your undefeated ways and uh, and you're the next champion of the Trans Am Series. That would be awesome. Hey, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me as a guest. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Once again, that was Lawrence Loshak, who's currently an undefeated driver in the Trans Am Series. And we're hoping that he continues that way. It's uh, it's great to, to serve competitors who are currently involved in the Trans Am Series, although their schedule has modified as well this year. And they're not really as close to me as they were in the past. They might be close to you, so be sure to check that out. Their Instagram or their uh, their information is Go Transam on Twitter. You can check them out there. They've got a lot of information about the series and a lot of information about the future of the of what's going on there. So be sure to check that out. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Lally or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. Again, I've had a little bit more time to work on, on the stuff on SpeedwayDigest.com, the racing news, as well as a little bit in the Speedway news section. So be sure to check that out. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at my newish site. It's actually been online, I believe, for like five years, but I've only started updating it in the past few weeks. Uh, it's for Borprom's Fantastic Finds. We've got a lot of our contacts from Palm Beach happening, which unfortunately is no longer online. can be found there. Um, a lot of news, a lot of information. I'm trying to rebuild some certain things, and I've got another opportunity that might be changing the way I'm doing stuff online again, at least in the local news section. I'll keep you informed on that sort of stuff in the coming weeks. It's kind of a hush-hush opportunity right now, but it could be kind of, could be really amazing. But be sure to check out For Bork Plums, Fantastic Find on Facebook and Twitter. And Twitter, it's at Faborplums, F-A-B-O-R-P-L-U-M-B-S, where you can also find our Speedway News. I post that there as well. And you can head to the site at F-A-B-O-R-P-L-U-M-B-S, F-U-N-T-A-S-T-I-C-E, F-I-N-D-S, dot wordpress.com. 
I hope you check it out. Got some great stuff going on there. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss some major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night, and thanks again.